0: Good morning, everyone. Exodus 6. At the end of Exodus 5, the Israelites were complaining because Moses had gone and talked to the Pharaoh about letting God's people go. And Pharaoh instead made the labor much harder on the Israelites as they were slaves in Egypt. And they didn't like it. And they complained that Moses was making it worse the fact that he went and talked to Pharaoh. Now they're going to have to work harder. And they complained to him. And Moses is now taking that to the Lord and saying, Lord, what what have you got me into here? You know, uh, ever since I went to Pharaoh, it's just made the situation worse. So he reports that to God. And now God has a conversation with Moses regarding this in chapter six. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For under compulsion, he will let them go. And under compulsion, he will drive them out of his hand. So he's not going to want to do it. Pharaoh's not going to want to let him go, but God's going to eventually uh, make Pharaoh do it through a series of plagues that we'll see in the future here. Um, But it's not going to be something he's going to easily or willingly do. Listen to this interesting passage. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Now, I'm reading in the NASB 95. I a lot of times use the LSB Bible and it would translate that I am Yahweh or it could, you could say I am Jehovah and, and I appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God almighty, but my name Jehovah or Lord or Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. Now it's not that they didn't use ever the name Yahweh or Jehovah prior but I, I believe what is being get, gotten at here is the, the Israelites have been in bondage for several hundred years in Egypt, and they have not seen God move and work in a really long time. So they really had doubt about what God could do for them, and they are being introduced to God again through Moses in a, in a new way for them in a powerful way, in a uh, Jehovah way, that now he's going to release them from their bondage and help them get out of Egypt. And right now everyone's having a hard time trusting what God's saying. The situation's getting worse. And, you know, they're, they're, it's a tough job for Moses. I mean, it's an incredibly tough thing that he's being asked to do. And it's only through God that it's even possible that he's going to go to the Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's eventually going to change his mind. So God is telling Moses, you know what? I'm the same God. I'm the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'm going to be faithful to what I told them. But I'm going to be revealing myself in, in new and powerful ways to you guys. I believe that's the emphasis of what's being done here. Listen to what he says in verse 4. I also established my covenant with them, that is with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them the land of Canaan. So here we go again, you know, on um, God has promised that land to Israel, the land in which they sojourned. And he's saying, I'm going to give you that land. That land that I gave Abraham, you're going to, you're going to get that land. It's coming, even though you're slaves in Egypt and you can't see it. That's where we're headed. Furthermore, and this is very comforting, I heard the groaning of the sons of Israel because of the Egyptians are holding them in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant and That's such a beautiful thing. We've seen that throughout the book of Exodus thus far that God remembers his people. He hears their cry and he begins to respond, but he also remembers his covenant, the Abrahamic covenant that I'm going to give you a family, as many as the stars are in the sky, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing to the nations and I'm going to give you that land and God has not forgotten and he is going to follow through on his covenant to give that to them. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage. I mean, that's, this is an incredible promise of God that he's going to, from the ruler of the land, he's going to release his people. And again, they're they're still having a hard time believing it, but they're going to see it happen. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. And that's going to be the, the plagues on the Egyptian people. Then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord. And there's God's heart, you know, that's what he wants. He wants us to trust in him as the Lord. He wants us to, to recognize that he's our God, that we are his people, and that we ultimately would worship him as Lord. And you know, one of the things that we go back to in worshiping God is the power that he's displayed all throughout his entire Bible. And this is going to be known, you know, what we're headed towards is the Passover. And one of the greatest um, moves of God of all time, where he's going to save his people by the blood of the lamb and then part the sea and save Israel and drown the Egyptians and set them free and It's something that was to be remembered forever. And then ultimately, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is going to set us free from sin by shedding His blood on the same day of Passover. And only God can do all that. I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. That's an interesting thing. You know, I mean, right now, as we speak in early 2024, Israel, the country, is battling Gaza and Hamas uh, because of what the attack that they did back last October on Israel, and they just can't seem to live there as neighbors. They, you know, I mean, you're, it's a it's a neighbor that likes to launch bombs at you, and Israel has had enough and has decided we're we're no longer going to live with a neighbor that's that's bombing us and just let you live there. And they are now rooting out Hamas in Gaza. And it's, uh, you know, it's really interesting that, you know, this covenant that Abraham received from God to get this land, and God gave it to them. God gave them this land. But many years later, they broke that covenant, essentially. They were unfaithful to the covenant, and God allowed their land to be taken from them. And Israel did not have that land for a really long time, from 500-ish B.C. all the way until 1948. So think about that, 2,400 years that they didn't have the land. And it was as a punishment because they broke the covenant. Well, God allowed them to be restored to the land, but now other people were there, and that's where we get the conflict that's happening today is, The Palestinians said, well, hey, we were here, and now you've come back in, and you've taken over, and now Israel's in control, and now they're fighting about the land. And, you know, I think what this is all going to lead to is the end times. I mean, ultimately, God's going to do what he wants with that land, because it's his land, it's his world, and he promised Israel that land. But, yes, they broke the covenant and lost it. And in the end times, it, you know, God's going to win. God's going to defeat his enemies and he's going to ruin reign from Jerusalem. There's going to be a millennial reign, uh, And I think all this is happening since 1948 is just all leading to the end times. You know, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and an antichrist is going to come and bring in peace to Jerusalem for a little while, but that's not the person that's going to be able to be trusted. And there's going to be a tribulation, but you know God's going to come back to rule and reign after the tribulation and set up the millennial reign. So this is all just uh, part of God's story, even what's happening in Israel right now. But ultimately, you know what? That land is going to be restored again to Israel. Um, and I think the fact that they got it back in 48 is just another incredible sign. But let's keep moving. <clears throat> Verse 8, I will bring... Excuse me, I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Excuse me, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. And he seems in this chapter to really accentuate that. I am Yahweh. I am Jehovah. Let me show you what I can do. And then you know what? I want you to follow me. I'll be your God. You can be my people. I am the Lord. I'm coming to get you out of there. It's a powerful word. And, you know, later on, Jesus in the Gospel of John uses that I am to say that that's who he is, uh, that kind of power. And he does reveal that through his miracles and ultimately rising from the dead. So verse nine, so Moses spoke thus to the sons of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses on account of their despondency and cruel bondage. So they were in such a, difficult situation and they had not seen God move in such a long time that they just aren't really fully buying into this yet. And it's going to take the miracles of the plagues to ultimately get them on board to obey and listen to Moses. So now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, go tell Pharaoh king of Egypt to let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But Moses spoke before the Lord saying, behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? For I am unskilled in speech. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron and gave them a charge to the sons of Israel and to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So, you know, we've heard this story before. And it seems like God's wanting us to remember how difficult of a task this is, that everyone doubted. Everyone was like, no, this ain't going to happen. Pharaoh's not going to change his mind. No one's going to listen to me. It's an insurmountable task, but it's only because of God that it will succeed in the end, and they will see the hand of God make it happen. So now in chapter, or in chapter 6, verses 14 through essentially the end, uh, we get some information on the genealogy of the people. and In particular, the focus is not going to be on everyone, but the focus is going to end up being on the tribe of Levi, in which Moses and Aaron came from that tribe of Levi. And, you know, it, 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 we're grateful to God that he put these genealogies in the Bible because what we're able to see is lineage. We're able to turn back and see how things point to Christ. We're able to see who the people were. We're able to reflect back on these lineages when we see uh, these people Engaged in the plan of God in future events, we can find out who they came from, you know, what family they were from. And it does figure into our understanding of the Bible. I mean, it's great that we have the family tree of God, you know, in the Bible recorded. It helps us in understanding God. And it seems like to us sometimes to read these genealogies seems boring, but like when when you see what it provides us through through our complete understanding of God's word, they're very valuable. Um, You know, as of right now, Moses and Aaron are serving as leaders, and eventually the Levites are going to become the priests, and the Levites are going to be the ones who also move the tabernacle. That's not really fully known yet, uh, but will be revealed later. In fact, we'll learn that God actually wanted to create a kingdom of priests. He wanted all of Israel to be his holy priesthood. But unfortunately, they were so unfaithful that there ended up being just a tribe that would function as the priests, and that would be the Levites. And Moses and Aaron are already Levites, but that fully has not happened yet, that change. Uh, God had a, a better desire, but unfortunately... Uh, the people were too unfaithful for that to really get lived out for them to be a kingdom of priests, but what's interesting is God didn't forget about that because we see that all throughout the New Testament and all the way to the very end, God is raising up his people to be a special people of kings and priests under his name i'll actually be talking about that this Sunday at Crossing Community Church uh which, what, what's the date of this Sunday? I can't even remember. case someone wants to go back and see that, it'd be the 7th of 2024 because we're beginning the book of Revelation and that concept is significant and will be brought into the first chapter of Revelation, uh, which I'll be covering this weekend. So anyways, we get into this genealogy that focuses on the Levites. And it's interesting, I'm not going to go through it in detail, but it's interesting to see some of the names. I mean, like you'll see Phinehas talked about. He ends up having a, a big role as a high priest in the Bible. You'll see the name of Ammonadab and uh, Nishan, and you'll see those names carried forward in the Book of Ruth because they lead to uh, the they lead to David being born through that incredible story through Ruth and Boaz. And essentially, some of these people are in the family line of Jesus. So you'll see them covered in other areas of Scripture. So, yeah, you know, uh, know that they're important. And let's pick it up in verse 26. It was the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, Bring out the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt, according to their hosts. They were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt about bringing out the sons of Israel from Egypt, it was the same Moses and Aaron. Now it came about on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt, that the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I am the Lord speak to Pharaoh, King of Egypt, all that I speak to you. But Moses said before the Lord, behold, I am unskilled in speech. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? And I think, you know, this keeps getting brought up and I, I, you know, what? what's kind of hitting me right now, and that's the end of the chapter, what's kind of hitting me right now is that, you know, with man, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And I think what we're seeing here is just the weakness and inability of man to be able to pull this insurmountable task off. And Moses is like, I can't do it. No one's going to listen to me. And he's right. You know what? They wouldn't listen to him. And he couldn't pull this off. But it's only through the grand plan and miracle of God and the power of God at work that somehow he's going to be able to preserve Moses, that Pharaoh's just not going to kill him. And he's going to preserve Moses, and he's going to work through his plagues, and he's going to work through Moses and Aaron, and he's going to bring about Israel getting out of Egypt because he's God, and he can do things that we can't. So even though they felt like there's just no way this is going to happen, it did happen. All glory to God. We can trust in God. He can do amazing miracles, and he does here with the people of Israel. God bless you all. We'll see you at Exodus 7.